With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Don't forget to vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards from the link in our bio. This is Coogan Cassis for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. It is Tuesday of fight week. I'm joined by the Gypsy King, Tyson yep. Fury. It says it there and there and all over me pants. Yep. How are you, first of all? I'm alive and well and kicking. And very, very healthy and very in shape. Very ready to rock and roll, throw down. Do you know when I put this mic across you, there's going to be times where I do this. Oh, uh, you're all right. Just to let you know. Um, no Dillian White today at the press conference, uh, yeah. not the press conference, the, the public workout. Uh, surprised or expected or don't no. care? Do you know what it is? I don't really care. Do you know if they turn up to a thing or not? A lot of people, a lot of um, people have been making a big scene of it and to me it's not really an issue, to be fair. I've sold this out single-handedly anyway. Um, whether the East fans or my fans, I was the only one who actually done anything to promote the fight, so... I, the way I look at it and the way it's common knowledge is that I did this on my own. I, the boys was listening to an Eddie Earn interview before and he was saying even if he was promoting it, it would have been a nightmare for him not to have done it. I think he's shot himself in the foot here, caused himself a cropper by not doing the, the stuff he should have done. Um, for me, I'd, I'd have turned up, biggest fight ever, my world title fight, whatever. They say, oh, Tyson Fury didn't turn up to a press conference against Klitschko too. Yeah, because I was mentally ill and was committing suicide material. I didn't want a box. Not for a man who's coming to win a world title like Dylan White. Um, there's no excuses for your um, non-professionalism. That's what it is. Not professional. Is it mind games, please? Definitely not. It's just his way of not promoting the fight because they don't want it to be a success. But guess what? It is a success. 
sold out 94,000 people. Get up there, my boy. Only in England with me, the Gypsy King. And may I say, the highest attendance ever at Wembley Stadium for any sporting event, not just football. So big shout out to me. Thank you very much. All the way to the motherfucking top. In his uh, interview, in his interview he did with Steve Bunce, that was on uh, BT Sport over the last couple of days, he was adamant that this fight has only been a success, as in ticket sales, etc., and the traction it's got because you're fighting him. Oh, yeah. Is there an argument there that the level of opponent you are fighting, even though you've been in with Wilder, etc., but for this country to be fighting Dillian White, a fight that us fight fans want to see, there is an argument that this has done well ticket-wise especially, because you're fighting Dillian White. I could have fought anybody on the homecoming sold out Wembley. I could have got me a shovel up and went to the local cemetery and breathed life back into somebody and sold him out of Wembley at 90-odd thousand people. People ain't coming to see Frilly and White. They're coming to see me in my final performance of a decade. And that's it. What, what reasons were you actually given? I know we kind of touched on this at the press conference, but I'm not sure how much you were kind of alluded to, but what reasons were you given why he didn't participate in kind of that early build-up? He is now, and he's obviously doing stuff I, now, etc. I never asked. I didn't ask, and I didn't get any information because I wasn't interested. I'm contractually obliged to do a certain amount of stuff. Me, and I'm the own fighter. So I do it. Press conferences, pre-fight stuff interviews, whatever I have to do, I do it because it says it on a contract that I signed. And if I don't do it, guess what? I've breached contract. And I don't want to breach because I don't want a court case because they're all the shit and I can't stand them. And it just drags on. So I ain't breaching anything. I'm just doing my job, doing what I'm getting paid to do and enjoying it. And that's it. Frank Warren did say, I think a couple of weeks ago, that there is a replacement on standby should yeah. something not ha um, the fight not materialise no, no, with no, no, White no. this week. So there must have been some concern that he wasn't going to fight this week from from your team. At some point, there must have been for Frank to have said that about a replacement. But no, not really. We always have a standby opponent for these big shows because um, you never know what happens. The guy could fall over and break his foot or whatever, break his arm. So there's always got to be a standby. I remember when I was fighting Derek Chisora back at Wembley Arena years ago in 11, we had Martin Rogan as a standing. Martin was there and he was paid to be a standing opponent just in case. Um, and the same, same this time, we have a standing opponent uh, just in case. He doesn't fight. Can you reveal who that was? Yeah, I can. The WBC number three ranked contender, Joseph Parker. Yep, we've got to, if he don't, if that he is a joke. No, nope. come he, on. If he don't fight, Dylan White don't fight. I don't want no rookie bum. I want a top five man. I've stated it, and that's it. Joseph Parker is rated number three. Your friend who's been in camp with you, yes. Joseph Parker. Yep, Joseph Parker is the standing opponent for the fight. And if if Dylan White does pull out, I'll pad Joe for the fight. And I'll fight him. It'd be an excellent fight. Joe's a former world heavyweight champion and high rated in all the organisations. He's even in the top five ring magazine heavyweights. 
So he's a top. He's a, he's in the top five heavyweights of all the organisations: WBO, WBA, IBF, all of them. Ring Magazine, WBC, the lot. So there'll be no complaining from the fans. If this idiot pulls out, then we've got a we've got a, a really tasty step in. Don't you worry about that. And we've said, listen, it's not personal, strictly business. If this fight happens, we've shook hands on it and agreed, then we're going to throw down. Have you revealed that anywhere? Because I've not heard you say no, that anywhere. That's breaking news. It's breaking. Okay. Well, so that is a, I hope it doesn't come to that anyway. It, it, let's hope it doesn't come to that because I want to fight Dylan White. But if it does, then we're, we're professional athletes. We're professional businessmen. We understand the risks and the rewards. And I'm sure whoever wins will have a beer, beer afterwards, whatever, shake hands. It's only a boxing match, isn't it? Not serious. Personal. Why did you tell reporters last time out that you were going to retire after this fight? Because I am. Get the door, one of you. This is. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that you say a lot of things, but there have been a lot of things that you've said in the past that we feel like you say for effect and almost to kind of taunt the media in a certain way. Nope. I assumed it was one of those things that no, you were saying. No, no, no. This is it. This is the final countdown. This is the final curtain for the big GK. Um, it doesn't get any bigger than this. This is it. 94,000 people, Capital Stadium, London. There's not much more I can do defending my belt at home. I was going to retire after the last Wilder fight. Me and Paris agreed this would be it in the changing rooms. Like Even before the fight happened at home in a room. Don't want no more fights. Thank the Lord. Great. Then after the fight, this opportunity came along to fight here in, at home at Wembley. And even though I wasn't really keen on it to begin with, I thought that I owed the fans that much to fight back at home for the final time. Because I've been away. Most of the success I've had in the latter end of my career has been in America. So to return home after a long voyage abroad and give the fans one last showdown, um, I thought I think I owe it to the, to the fans who stayed up late at night to pay-per-views and, and whatever supported me along the journey. But this will be the end, for sure. Would you take offence to anyone disbelieving or doubting what you're saying? No, because the common factor is that people are greedy and they wouldn't be able to understand how someone would be willing to walk away from a double euro jackpot win for having one more fight, but... I've been taking a lot of advice and counsel from a very, very, very intelligent person. Um, one of the cleverest men in history, the cleverest man in history, and the richest man in history as well. Um, and he said that the best things in life are eating and drinking and enjoying your work. Not temples built of gold and everything else that you can think of. And this has come from the richest man that's ever lived and the cleverest man that's ever lived. This ain't your local man who works at the pub. This is the cleverest man and richest man in history who said this. So I've got to, I've got to believe him.
Um, and I'm happy. I'm contented with who I am. I'm contented with what I've done. I've made a few quid. I've won all the belts. I've done more than I ever wanted to. I've ticked off all the boxes. And I even get an extra added bonus, Wembley, to fight there. Because that was never on my um, hit list of uh, venues to fight at. But I get that added bonus. So it's great. And no matter what I do in my career, um, no matter where I go after this and how many more fights I have and whatever else, what will I do? Leave it to a generation who never worked a day in their life on my hard toil. Really. So, enough's enough. I'm happy. I'm contented. And I've done a hell of a journey. I've had a hell of a ride the last 20 years. Started boxing at 14, I'm now 34 in August. So I've had a good 20 years. And how oh, you know it's the final curtain is, I've got the man with me who started me, Steve Egan. He's in me corner. Never been in me corner before. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, that's another breaking news. And never been in me corner before, other than one fight years and years ago. And he's back in me corner for the, for the big hurrah. And he said to me, you know what? He said, I'm the only person of all these people here who knew you before. 20 years. Now that's loyalty, isn't it? 20 years. So you're telling me you would be content, happy, satisfied, finishing your career. 32 and 0. On every belt there is to win. On Saturday, but without becoming undisputed. I've already won all the belts. People already know that. Okay, without facing the likes of Anthony Joshua, without facing the likes of Alexander Usyk. Yeah, AJ's had his chance more than once. He's had a chance about ten times to fight me, and for for his uh, greed and wanting all the time that it's not happening. But there's no skin off my nose. He ain't a virgin anymore, is he? He's been beaten. So, in what world could he have ever beaten me anyway? You know, there's no debate. It's not an exciting fight. It's only for money anyway. Like, if I fought Joshua now, I wouldn't be gaining anything. Because people don't think he can beat me anyway. Just think I'll give him a good ride and set about him. Send him up the road packing. Get up there, mush. But all I'd be gaining is a few more quid. And a word is a word. Not to be broken. And that's it. So there's nothing more to gain. Julius Caesar once said, there'll always be somebody else to fight. What, am I supposed to carry on for 50 more years? After Joshua, there'll be somebody else. After Usyk, there'll be somebody else. After that person, that person, that person. There'll always be somebody. I'm happy to go back to Morecambe and be left alone. I'm going to delete the Instagram. I'm getting away from being a star, whatever that is. And I just want left alone. I want to be left alone, to live my normal little life, pathetic life that I live, up in Morecambe Bay, Going to school, doing the bins, going to the tip, getting a haircut, valeting the car, going out once a week and training every day. And that's what I like. Leave me alone to my business. There's not much to ask, is it? I've given, this will be 14 years this year, I've given 14 years to this game. What did he want out of me? Every blood I've got in me. I've got no more blood to give. This is it. I've got no more to offer. Done. So win, lose or draw on Saturday night, there'll be no more fights.
when you talk about Joshua there, over the last 10, 15 years, the most sought-after fight that people in this country have wanted to see. But you're saying to me that that's not... I'm not saying you don't care what people think. I'm saying because you obviously you, you do and fights are for the fans ultimately. But you're saying that that wouldn't come into play, that that is the most sought-after fight that I can remember for like the best part of 15 years. It was the most sought-after fight when he was an unbeaten champion. Or even when he had one loss, but when you're getting beat by blown-up middleweights... It ain't um, it ain't a spicy fight anymore. Do a poll. See how many people think he could beat me in a fight. None. But if you did a poll to how many people thought that you could beat Vladimir Klitschko back in the time, I'm sure you would have seen kind well, of I was a, an undefeated man. I won every belt. That was but no one win. gave you a chance in that fight, Tyson. No, to I be never fair, lost a fight, and he has. He's been spanked, hasn't he? I'm knocked out, bounced all off the canvas. So. Listen, I've got nothing against a fella. I wish him nothing but the best of luck in his conquest and whatever he wants to do. Hope he wins every belt there is to win and he becomes a great champion, whatever. Great. But it's going to be none of my business because it's none of my concern. And like I've always said, I don't get involved in other people's businesses. What they make is none of my concern. You know, the problem with today is everybody's so concerned about what everybody else is making. It's like you read the paper and it goes... Um, Francis Naganu made $600,000 for his fight. What the fucking business is that of anybody else's? What the man makes in his personal life? How much does this man get paid? Net worth. Oh, my God. The world's gone mad. People are interested in net worths and fucking who's got the most money and whatever. I'm old school. Or at least I like to think I am. I will agree with that. I don't care how much the man's got in his pocket. As long as he can get to that fucking bar and buy a round of drinks. So that'll do for me. You don't have to be a trillionaire to do that either. Everybody wants to be a superstar or a millionaire. <laughs> it just ain't life. Everybody in life can't be a millionaire or a superstar. But the social media world will make you believe it's possible. And it ain't. But I, I agree with what you're saying in terms of this is a sport where people generally argue and debate 24-7 about another person, not their own financial situation, another man's purse. Exactly. You know, I've seen a lot in this fight, like, ooh, 80-20, 70-25, I'm like, what the flipping heck is going on? What a man earns, it's none of anybody else's business. Um, oh, I think I'm worth more. On what grounds are you worth more? Show me what grounds you're worth more. And if it is true, then you get paid more. But I thought I thought it was very generous for um, what they're all getting paid out of me. They ought to be rubbing my feet with oil, the amount of money that they're getting paid, only because of me. Do you think Dylan White can make six or seven million quid anywhere else? Can he, heck? If he could, he'd go and do it, wouldn't he? So, it is what it is, but it's no interest to me. And just for all the people out there yeah, who say, oh, Dylan White's being had over with the money side of things. When I fought Klitschko, it was mandatory by two organisations, WBA, WBO, yeah? I was British champion twice, European champion, WBO Intercontinental, WBO International, Irish champion, English champion twice. And I walked away with about 700 grand, 600 grand. So that's like 10 times the amount I got. 
when I was undefeated, 24-0, top dog. So complain, complain. I've worked hard to get what I've got, and that's it. There's no, um, there's no if, buts, or maybes. And I'm happy with what I've got, very happy. I've, I've not made the most money out of everybody. I haven't made the less. But does it really matter? Not really. Can we take it with us? No. What chance do you give Joshua to beat Usyk in that rematch? Can you do that? I've asked, some people asked me that question today. And the answer, the real honest answer from the heart is I couldn't give a flying hoot sniff who wins the fight. I really don't care. It's none of my interest at all. I don't care if, a, if AJ knocks him out in one round or if Usyk gives him a boxing lesson again. I really don't care. None of my concern. Let them crack on with their own business. Because like I said, I stay in my own lane. I only focus on who I'm fighting at the time and that's it. There was time where I did was concentrating on what Joshua, if the fight was going to happen, if maybe. If it was going to happen, it would have happened already. And I said that. I said that last only a few months ago when it was about to get done. I thought, if it ain't happening now, it's never happening. And that's it. And I can't live my life on a wish and a hope and a prayer, living for other people. I ain't doing it. I'm happy, very happy. I'm a very blessed person. God's blessed me abundantly. And I, and I pray on my hands and knees every day and say how happy and thankful I am for what I've been given. And that's a lot. Health and strength and a family. Can't beat that. The rest of it will come and go. Just as an opinion, do you think we'll see Deontay Wilder back in the ring again? Um, I don't know, to be honest. It's been a while, hasn't it? But then again, it's only been the same time as me, so <laughs> he could announce the fight any time soon. But again, there's no, I've got no real interest in what they're doing in the careers. They've got their own lives to lead. I'm sure he's pretty upset after what happened to him. I'm sure he's got reasons why. And that's it. And it won't be the honest reason where the man was a better man than me but it'll be some skullduggery, I suppose. Your relationship with Sugar Hill seems to be going from strength to strength during yeah, yeah. each camp, and I'm sure you two as not just inside the ring, but outside the ring of your relationship has kind of developed and blossomed as well. Yes, we, um, we had a good relationship 10, 10 years ago, and then 12 years ago now, um, and we rekindled a few years ago, and we've had plenty of training camps together. I've never never done so many boxing training camps back to back. And I've never been as happy in training either. So it's good to have somebody like Sugar around because he's not only good at boxing teaching, he's also a good person. He's a good, good-hearted man. And, and I like good-hearted people. And that's, that's a, a good reason to have Sugar Hill around me. Other than he's a great boxing trainer, coach, teacher. Also, for the first time in the world, your dad's been in camp and he's going to obviously be around fight week, etc. He's not been able to come over while you've been fighting in America over your last four or five fights, but that's got to give something different. Does it give something different? Does it make a difference having your dad around? It's nice having my dad in camp. My dad's done six week in camp with me. Six or seven week, I think. We, we was there a week, just me and my dad and George, just eating clean. And then Sugar came, so we did six weeks together. Sugar and then a week with um, me, Dad. So we did seven weeks in that, that camp. It's been good, very good. 
They're good at me that oversee stuff and whatever. The only thing, the, I'd say the only problem we've had in this camp is the fact that we've all been very afraid of COVID cancelling the fight, you know? So it's like when everyone's been going out to the shop or whatever, I'm like, ah, oh, I've been really up on my eye toes about it all. Um, because I, I just don't want to catch COVID and come down with a, a thing and all that. So, And they've been going to do shows and commentaries and stuff, and I've been giving everyone a hard time, really, for the whole camp. But I suppose better to be safe than sorry. Because I've had COVID three times, believe it or not. Have you really? Yep. Three times. Right, by the time this interview goes out, this will be the day of the press conference, and you are actually going to come face-to-face, -face finally, with, with Dillian White. What can we expect to see at today's press conference, do you think? Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Whatever he wants to do. If he wants to punch me in the face, crack on. If he wants to grab me by the throat, whatever he wants to do. Um, I don't really care what they want to do to me. They've all wanted to do to me before. It is what it is. I expect it. Tensions are high. Bloods are running. And who knows? Punches might fly. I don't know. But in these press conference situations with yourself before, we've kind of seen kind of you really come into your own, but we've also seen Dillian White being yeah, that kind of... him before. From, from Derek Chisora. Chucked in his face and called the donkey. We've seen it all. But I suppose until it happens later on today, we're not going to know, so... Listen, we're there to do a job. We're getting paid to do a job. Um, and that's it. We're going to fake way in face off, whatever they want to do, great. And then we move on. You did make me laugh the other day because you did. You were talking about uh, boxers should be penalised for press conference behaviour. And you've done some of the craziest things in press conferences. I remember when you flipped over a table and done all yeah, these things yeah, in the past. That isn't grabbing people by the throat, is it? How many people have I ever grabbed by the throat or punched in the face physically? I haven't, have I? No, Not one. No. So entertainment, throwing a table over or screaming and shouting, it's WWE. But when you're trying to grab a man by the throat and punch him in the face and whatever, that's not professionalism, that's losing control. So I do think they should be penalised. Me and Sugar Hill had a good conversation about that. And let's not forget here, Sugar Hill was a Detroit police officer for 14 years, right? So he knows about all this, right? <laughs> Go on, sugar! Dropped him right in it! <laughs> right, yes. Here we are, yeah. Sugar was a Detroit police officer for 14 years, so he knows all of us, and we had a good conversation, very diplomatic. Um, and we both agreed that we think the fighters should be penalised with money out the purse. Where better to hit them than in the purse? for their erratic behaviour at conferences, i.e. punching each other in the face before fights when they're not getting paid to do that. That doesn't usually happen, though, does it, really? It, it does, doesn't it, now and again? All that shoving each other and oh, grabbing each other's face and all that. I just don't get it. That ain't making people interested in the fight. Oh, did you see him? He actually pushed him in the face today. See, I disagree with this. I think a little bit of tension, not punching each other, but I think a little bit of a... Uh, as Carl Froch would say, a little push and a pull, etc. I think it does contribute to the fight selling. I recently saw a man grab another man by the throat at a press conference. And I was thinking, are you really serious? Me and Sugar thought the same thing, and we're both on agreement with it. Any of this misconduct in any other sport, they get penalised. But it's almost acceptable in boxing. Just do what you want at the press conferences and the weigh-ins. It's totally fine. We're all right with it. 
but it's not totally fine. Very diplomatic today. You are very diplomatic. Um, I have seen a lot of responses that you've made to my next question, and it is about the the US sanctions against Daniel Kinnan. You've answered loads of questions about it, and you've been in the the thought process of it is none of my business is in your business, uh, but I did want a response from you about that situation. Well, I'll give you the same as I give everybody else, but I'll go into a little bit more detail. First, rule number one is... I don't get involved in other people's businesses because other people's businesses is not mine. That's one. Two, every man has his own cross to bear in this life. And we've all got our own troubles and our own burdens. No more than myself. I've got my own problems in my own life on a daily basis that I have to take care of. That takes up a lot of time and energy and I can't focus on what other people are doing in their lives. Separate from that, okay, the media, they're on me like, do you know this? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? I know what a witch hunt is. I've been penalised by the press myself. I don't believe a word the press say. If I read it in the paper and it sounds a bit dodgy, I think, nah, I don't believe it. Because I've been penalised by the press myself. And I don't believe what the press say. At all. So, they're asking me for information on something I have no interest in or or know about. This, that and the other. What are they going to get from me, a boxing man? Oh, you worked with MTK. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And so did a thousand other boxers and and organisations and whoever else. Promotional companies, managers, promoters, trainers. But they're asking me these questions. Like I know the answers to it all. You were recently seen in a photograph with Daniel Kinnan. Yeah, and? What does that mean? I was in Dubai on holiday and bumped into the guy. So what? But you know, people are always prodding because they, they think, oh, let's talk to Tyson. He's got a bit of influence. People might listen to what he says or it, it'll, it'll sell more on our paper because he's heavyweight champion. And they don't want the opinion of a normal man in the street, of course, because they're not concerned about what he's got to say. All they would try to do is trip me up, so I hope, hopefully I say something wrong and try and get myself in trouble. Well, I can give you all this. There's no trouble coming from me because I'm not interested. I don't get involved at all. And another thing is my father... I went to jail for nine years for having a fight with a fella. Got into an altercation, ended up having a fight, and the fella lost his eye. And he went to prison for nine years, whatever it was. So, and he had to deal with that, and so did I. But that ain't the man in the street's fault. That ain't the next door neighbour's fault. Ooh, why did John do it? How the fuck do I know why he did it? I wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't ask Sugar Hill, why did your dad go to jail on that day? Why did he do what he did? He don't know, he wasn't there. Just like I don't know, because I wasn't there. I don't know why the US have sanctioned the man, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a politician. I suggest if they want in-depth interviews and stuff, please go and speak to my lawyer, Robert Davis. 
because they may know more or, or what they're looking for. I don't know. Am I following the guidance rules? Yes. Do I like to go back to America? Yes. I have a property there. Of course I want to go back to America. Is there any more that I can give you an honest opinion of? I don't know. Is there anything more you can probe me with to try and get a different response that I haven't thought of? Because I'm quite sick of it all. I'm fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world and they're bringing somebody else's business into my world, the boxing world, of a fight night a few days before. And I, quite frankly, one, I think it's disrespectful to both fighters. And two, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that the, the press, so-called top journalists of this country are bringing something that's got totally nothing to do with me and my boxing fight into a couple of days before a fight. They ought to be ashamed of themselves. But I suppose it's their bosses asking them to be great journalists and uh, not report on the fight, report on some bullshit. So it is what it is. But what is important for you is this week, you have yep. in front of 94,000 people this week, you're saying it's your last one. You've got a job to do. Yes, I have, and I've got a very tough job to do in Dylan White. And with all the joking and everything aside, Dylan White's a very good fighting man. He's not lost many out of 30-odd fights. We're the same age, same, same weight, same amount of experience. The, the fella is a good fighter. He can fight. He's no mug. He won't be a mug rated at number one by the WBC for the last however many days, thousand days. So, you know, I've got my work cut out. Um, and if I make a mistake with Dylan White, he'll make me pay, won't he? With a big left hook up the temple. You top dosser. And I'll, I'll think, yep, good one. Fair play, because I did that mistake and I deserve cracking with that one. So, listen, I don't underestimate nobody. Nobody. Whether it was Tom Schwartz, Otto Wallen, Deontay Wilder, Klitschko, everybody. I trained hard for everybody. I didn't, never not trained hard. I always see in the, in the interviews and papers, oh, Dylan White got a chance, has this person got a chance? Yeah, if Tyson don't train for this fight, how is Tyson not going to train for an heavyweight championship of the world? Tyson's probably the fittest heavyweight out there of all of them. Even though I'm chubby and over, well, I look overweight, but I'm not. I went at a frantic pace the other day for 11 rounds and got a KO in round 11 after getting off the canvas twice. If I wasn't as fit as fire, I'd have never got up off that floor and I wouldn't have recovered and got a knockout in round 11. I am the fittest big man on this planet. There ain't no one fitter. Six foot nine and near 20 stone. I can run all day and fight all night. And fuck all afternoon. Get up there, my boy. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just last one from me. Um, what actually happened in this sparring session? Because I know it's going to be probably brought up at some point. Sparring session? Which one are we with talking The about? ones with Dylan White. I've had about yeah. 100. We sparred. The, the, the truth of the matter is, we'd done some sparring a long time ago, 10 years ago. He come up to Bolton, he come up to Warrington, he even come over to Holland to help me prepare for uh, David A back in the day. So we're not strangers, I think it was like 2011, 2012, 13. Could have been like 12 and 13 actually. So Dylan White's a good fighter, you know, it is what he is. There's, there's nothing much he can say from a spa. It's like, ooh, I could say for the cameras, yeah, I batted him. Or he could say, yeah, I batted him. But really, it was a spa. He helped me out and I paid him for his services. Do you know what I mean? 
Just like Martin Bacoli for this fight, just like Jarrell Miller, and just like David Adelaide, we've, we've done hundreds of rounds of sparring together. You know, there is no, ooh, I beat these guys up or they beat me up. It's a sparring match to prepare me for a job that I'm about to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, when me and Dylan White were sparring each other all them years ago, it wasn't like, ooh, I've got to beat Dylan White or he's got to beat me. Dylan was there to help me prepare for my fight, and in which he was getting paid to do a job, and he got paid well and he got looked after. Like, he got looked after like one of my own family. No different. We ate the same food, we slept in the same place, we drove in the same car. There was no difference. So, I've got, I've got nothing to say bad about Dylan White as a sparring partner. He did a very good job, he helped me out. You know, I've got nothing bad to say him, him about a fighter. In fact, I've encouraged him, his career, and give him good advice. And tried to help him when he was out and down. Does that make me a bad person? Does it heck make me a bad person? It makes me a good person. And only even recently, when he had a shit performance against Marius Wack, I texted him and said, chin up, mate. Everyone has a good nights and bad nights. Whatever, I haven't got the message. It's gone. I don't keep messages. I delete them. Um, and that was it. It is what it is. Did he put you down? About 56,000 times. <laughs> the question you can't hear is, did he put you down? From yeah. Shane. I've just told you about yeah. 80, 8,600 times. Did he put me down? Listen, all aspiring talks. I've never been put down in aspiring in my life, ever. I've been put down in my life in, my life in a ring with little gloves on and 10-ounce gloves on. But even even in the sparring the other day, yeah, when I was in the sparring, like, I'm getting hit up the head with big heavyweights. My dad's like, ooh, are you feeling them? I said, Dad, the 20-ounce gloves with a big head guard on. If I'm getting hurt and wobbled in a spar... Please, have a day off with you. But, yeah, a lot there, of ain't, there ain't much to say anyway. But lot, we'll see anyway. We'll see. We'll see if he's even in his prime anymore. A lot of people have had their opinion about you having Jerome Miller in camp as well, yeah, as they always do. Why would they know? Why would they complain about Jerome Miller being in camp? Go on, tell me. Um... Just over his recent situations, that's the that's the reasons why I've seen that people would question that, <coughs> him being in camp with you. But yeah, what? Elaborate, please. Because what, of his drug tests. Yes. Yeah, someone said in the background. That's why Dylan White was in camp with me because he couldn't, wasn't able to fight. But do I point fingers? I don't. I give everybody a chance and I take people through they are as individuals, not what the people say about them. I don't judge a man off what somebody says about the man. That man's a prick. Oh, he must be a prick because that man said so. No. I speak to that man and I'll see if the man's a prick or not. And I'll make that decision myself. Dylan White, Dylan White and the other fella, Jarrell Miller, they seem all right, fellas. What they do in their own business is none of mine. He was employed, big baby, to do a job, sparring job, which he got paid to do, and he did a good job, just like Dylan White back in the day. They helped me out for fights, so... I'm sure Miller's returning to the ring shortly, I understand. Yeah, I think he's returning in June or whatever, but... Again, a lot of people make a lot of uh, noise about, oh, he should be never allowed in a gym. Well, when they own the gym, then they can make that decision. Until then, get out of my business. 
Okay, Tyson Fury, thank you very much for your time. Was much... that like an hour interview? I don't know, I don't know. Probably about 40 odd minutes, but um, appreciate your time as always during fight week. Um, yeah, Saturday night, oh my God. I mean, the weigh-in obviously open to the public on Friday at Box Park. How many does Box Park, is that Box Park was in today? Yeah. How many could you get in there? I don't know. That's going to be a, yeah, people security are, job, I think. People are up on a jolly up, aren't they? For the weekend, get on it. We're all here all week. Have you got anything else you'd like to add? No, I just want to say good luck to the um, to everyone who's fighting on the bill. Um, again, I've said it many, many times, but a massive thank you to everybody who bought a ticket. If you're one of those 94,000 people, or if you're going to be one of the people who's paying on a pay-per-view, then big respect to you and thank you for making this av available, making it happen. And everyone who supported the show, big shout out to you guys, because without you, it wouldn't have been the biggest gate in history. And uh, the boxers are nothing without the fans, like all sports people. So, big respect. Shout out. Big respect to um, my Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ as well for guiding me to this moment and giving me the opportunities and, and the, um, the passion of life and the fire and the guts to come back, no matter what, and never forsaking me. Guys. Thank you. Who was... The richest man and the cleverest man, Solomon. Solomon. Who you spoke to? Who you, who you, who you spoke to? King Solomon. Well, you've not spoke to King Solomon, have you? Yeah. That's who he's on about. What did he say? I have spoke to King What's Solomon. The most enjoyable. The most enjoyable thing in life, he said. <laughs> the most intelligent, the most enjoyable thing in life that he said, sugar, was eating food. Yes. And drinking. Yes. And enjoying your work. Enjoying your work. Love it. Shane's been racking his brain about it. He's been speaking to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ty, sorry, do you, do you expect to see AJ and Hearn here this week? I don't know. I don't know. Are they invited? Probably, probably yeah, they're invited. They're going to be my guests. I've got a couple of tickets there. Um, I'll give uh, one to Eddie out of my uh, ticket allocation. And I'll give, um, I'll give two to AJ. Because he needs to, the fatness of him these days. Ah, back at you! <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, give him a, I'll give him a couple of tickets that I, I've, I'll pay for. To come as my personal guests. Or if they want, AJ, he can help in the corner with me if he wants. Because I know he don't like Dylan White, so can if he wants. He can help up and out. Tyson, thank you very much for coming to TV. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you again. And, uh, yeah, best of luck this Saturday night, live on BT Sport Box Office, or if you're one of the, the lucky 94,000 people at the venue. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the IFL TV podcast, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.